10 pence arcade podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the arcade with Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With three regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no party like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamesparty.co.uk and get involved. The 10 pence arcade podcast is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. This episode of the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast is sponsored by RGP Arcade. You love these games, and the way you want to play them is on the original cabinets. You want to see the side art, you want to feel the controls, and you want to hear Shaz and Dave on the stereo. So the next time you're ooting off, and you want the authentic arcade experience, get yourself over to the RGP Arcade in Blackburn, somewhere in the north of England. Hello, and welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marlin, aka Vertvik. And I'm Sean Holly. How are you doing, Vic? AKA Sean, Sean Holly. Holly. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Good. Uh, I hope you like a bit of Shaz and Dave. I do, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it. Never mind that. Let's talk about some arcade stuff as we're supposed to. Yes. What have you been up to since the last podcast? Ooh, I've been playing my little bald head off. On, indeed. On gaming. Yeah, Star Force, obviously. I've been playing that to death. Yeah. Um, I'll I've, I've give it a rest for the last couple of days. Um, I'll, I'll give it a rest for about a week and a half. <laughs> Out of the two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it later. Um, Outzone, a fantastic tower playing game that was at the arcade club. Um, I'm getting well into that. It's it's typical tower plan. It's really difficult, but it is very, very good. Yep, they're a precursor to Cave uh, tower plan, weren't they? Yeah. Yes, I know of that game because a friend of a friend could complete it on one ten pence, which is wow. insane. I think if we ever do a special, we should do it on Toa Plan, you know. I think the arcade otaku guys would like that, and the Japanese uh, lovers. Yeah, because they're, they're just... They, yeah, they, quite a few different companies came together with these fantastic programmers, and they turned into Cave, and they're still programming fantastic games today. Mm. Really good yeah. games. I've also been playing Esperade. Esp- yep. Esperade, or whatever you call it. Esp.ra.de. Yeah, for the Retro Gamer Forums uh, Shoot'em-Up League Challenge. And how are you doing on that? I'm in last place at the moment. Well done. <laughs> they are really good. I'll tell you Some, what, just to help guys... you out, shall I start and I'll be in last place? <laughs> yeah. Some guy just knocked up six million on it and I'm, I'm on oh three Lord. million. Really? It, yeah, it's um, it's what... really good, but it's it's a typical cave bullet hell. It gets really hard really quick. Is there certain rules to the scoring on that? Because they have weird mechanisms of scoring, don't they, on all those games? Oh, God, yeah. You've you've got a secondary um, gun that that shoots the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, You hit them with that first, and then you shoot them with a primary gun, and you get bonus points on how many hits you get with the secondary gun. Oh, right. I didn't even know anything about that. I've played the game. Yeah, it's weird. But never knew anything about that. If you kill them with a secondary gun, you get no bonus. Oh, okay. Uh, and if you kill him with the primary gun, so you've got to do it with both. Uh, oh, weird. Uh, uh, yeah, I struggle with that bit. I just shoot everything. Do you know what? I've actually got that PCB. Uh, um, I bought it non-working. Uh, I sent it off to someone, and I've never seen it working. <laughs> I haven't seen it since. I'm, they know I've got it. Um, I know they've got it, and they, they were just still trying to work on it. I think it's a weird, a weird fault that they couldn't try to track it down. So they've still got it. I've just really forgotten about it. Because <laughs> their PCBs are quite expensive normally, the, the tower plan and the... Uh, you know, the classic ones in the cave stuff, they're quite expensive and they, they go for good money. Yeah. Um, but I think they're a bit of an investment when you buy one of those. You can usually play it to death, complete it, you know, have fun with it. 
sell it for the same price you bought it for and buy another one. <laughs> That's usually how people do it because they, they, you know, three, four hundred pound each. Some of these boards, if not more. Wow. Yeah, but I suppose you get a lot of life out of it, and you can always sort of sell it on again and get your money back, whatever. Yeah. Um, what else have been? I've been to Arcade Club, of course. That's a highlight. Oh, I wish you'd stop about that. Of my week. I love it there. I was quite jealous. I'd love to go to Arcade Club again. I really enjoyed it on your birthday. I thought it was a really nice yeah, place excellent. to go to. Really, really enjoyed it. They keep changing out the games as well, so you never know what's going nice. to be there. So that's Absolutely good. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I went to Davo's Mini Me, our friend Davo, Dave Orton. Ah, uh, yeah. Dave of the Underworld, Orton. <laughs> yeah, um, we had a few cabs going. Uh, he had st- some stuff like Joust was going, which I have a yeah. good going. Flap, 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 flap. Like a bit of Joust. <laughs> nice cab as well, really nice cab. He had uh, Tron, he had a Zachariah Tron, which I've never been keen on the game, but the cab looks absolutely beautiful. It's one with the, you know, the purple black lights. Yeah. And it it's, looks really nice. And everything on it works really nicely. The board works okay. And, you know, the spinner was good and the, the triggers were good. And I had a quick go on it. Seems quite a simple game, but I think it hots up a bit later on. Um, what else did he have going on there? He had his, uh, his Naomi Universal cab as well going with May Minute. We're playing quite a bit on that. I had a go on Star Force while so trying to get another score up, but sadly couldn't beat my original personal best. <laughs> And he had Gyrus, which was always a, always a treat to play. I love a bit of Gyrus, even though I'm rubbish at it. And also, he's got a Gallagher machine, one of the only ones in the country, apparently. There's not many of those about. Right. Which is oh. crazy, because Gallagher was a really, really popular game. When you go to America, they're everywhere. Yeah, it's weird, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we just didn't get many over here. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, we were sort of playing away and talking with it. There's not many of us there, but it was, you know, people I know already, so it's nice to see those guys again. And oh, um, we was playing on, on the Naomi there. I was sat on a, on a sort of bar still sitting there talking to a rich guy called Stryker. And uh, he went and nearly completed Pang while he was talking to me, just chatting away, yapping away, and was just brilliant at it. That boy's wow. a natural. I was like, what's wrong with you? How can you play this game? So I was rubbish at it. I was really <laughs> rubbish at it when we covered it. Yeah, I like Pang. Yeah, uh, I don't so much, really. Looks good. <laughs> um, I just rubbish at it. Maybe that's why I don't like it so much, probably. <laughs> Um, I've also been to the Batcave Christmas um, party last night. Oh, yeah. Good. So a bit, bit delicate now. But, yeah, um, I heard. Yeah, really good. They had 10-player um, Bomberman, which made a return. Um, oh, my Lord. 8-player Mario Kart on the GameCube. <laughs> um, That's 18 yeah, of you covered straight away. Yeah. I had. Um, I took my main, my main setup and... Um, the game that all these uh, the the younger the young kids sound old scallywags, now, yeah. These eighteen year olds were playing Cadillacs and dinosaurs. They're well into that. Oh, really? Yeah. So they they play good. Final Fight as well because it's virtually the same game, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, just, I just put a few on. I put like a Marla front end on Mame and just set it up. Uh-huh. I think that was your Cadillacs and dinosaurs out zone. I put on. Um, and then it's too hard. Yeah, turtles, oh, things like that. You know, street. Ah, fighters. but when you say turtles, you need to say this properly. Is it the rubbish Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or is it the good old-fashioned Stern Turtles? Um, it's no, yeah, it's the rubbish. Well, the good one, the good, the good uh, Konami one. No, 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 no. Turtles in Time. I think it was a sequel I put on this week. Yeah, Ugh, I don't like those games. Go right, have a fight. That's <laughs> it. No, I used to own one of those um, PCBs in the early days of collecting when it wasn't worth so much money, but now I see everyone seems to be into the old Ninja Turtles, don't they? Yeah, they made a bit of a comeback, haven't they? Yeah, sort of my brother's era, that. Sort of 10 years uh, beyond me, I think, that one. Yeah. But um, the original Stern Turtles, a little maze game, is a delightful little game. I really like it. I've seen it. I don't think I've ever played it. Have a go later on, mate. you really like yeah. it. Good old school game, it is. Early Stern game. 
I tell you what they did have. They had um, a, f- um, a Pac-Man, Pac-Man versus running on a GameCube. Oh, and nice. There was, there was a, a Game Boy Advance SP attached to it. Oh, they did some of that. So one person was the ghost, yeah? Yeah, three ghosts, three people with the ghosts, and one person was the Pac-Man, and it's invisible on the main TV screen, but only visible on the GBA screen. Oh, right. And that was the best fun. It was really good. That sounds quite a lot of fun, actually. It was one of those things yeah. where you had to have three mates with Game Boy Advances, and then you got to plug them into the GameCube, and it never really sort of came about when I had one of those. <laughs> oh, nice. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, and also, Dave, I had a centipede running, which was quite nice to play on a, on a upright centipede. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was quite fun. I'm not very good at centipede, but on a proper cab with a proper trackball, it's quite a nice game to play. I've never, yeah, I've never got the hang of the trackball, to be honest. I always struggle with that. Yeah, someone there said, oh, it's better with a joystick. I was like, oh, sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> but they're right. It's easy with a joystick to yeah. with it. I never get, yeah, it's sort of because you have to use the, the button on your left hand and the trackball on your right, and there's no way of turning it around because it's where the, the, you know, the control panel is. So you can't have it around the right, right, wrong way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay, let's do arcade news from around the world and local areas. So I've been talking to a guy on the Jammer forums. I talked to him ages ago, and he's got his own arcade down in Bridgewater in yep. the south. Uh, it's called the Time Warp Arcade, and he, he had a bit of a problem with it. I think he was uh, very, very busy because he's got a, a video game store sort of on the front of it or next door, and he was very busy with that, so he couldn't send me a lot of the details. I asked ages ago. But he's sent me some details now. He said, oh, do you still want them? Yes, absolutely. We want to promote all the arcades in the U.K., uh, it's called the Time Warp Arcade. They've got 34 arcade cabs, which is quite a good collection, yeah, if you ask me. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, open Thursday and Friday night, 6 p.m. till 10 p.m., £5 entry. And Saturday and Sunday, midday till 8 p.m., with £6 entry each. Stay as long as you like and play for as long as you like. And they have game events every couple of weeks, and we're getting a December list out soon. Uh, the Facebook is www.facebook.com forward slash Time Warp Arcade. I'll put that in the show notes so everyone can have a look at it. Ah, this is one thing I really liked. I looked on their Facebook page today. I really like this bit. Very, very British. Yeah. Because it's December, they're giving away a mince pie and a cuppa to every arcade-playing adult. <laughs> a cup of tea. Oh, a cup of tea and a nice mince pie. I would, I would demand that if I was there, actually. Where's <laughs> my mince pie? I demand to have a pie. But I, I do like that as a little touch. I really like that. <laughs> uh, the Four Quarters in Peckham had a meet on the 30th last week. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't go because I had to go to a film at the BFI because they have a lot of um, a lot of uh, film festivals on, and there's bits and bobs. There's a science fiction at the moment, and I recently saw 2001 on the big screen. Ah, oh, yeah. And the actors were there. You know, the guy God. who played Dave and the guy who played the Doctor at the start of the film, they were actually there. Remarkable looking guys. They must be in their 80s, these guys. And they were signing say. stuff and everything. But yeah, you could definitely tell it was him, all right. Definitely. I bet they are 2001 now, aren't they? Age. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. But yeah, that was really, we watched 2001 Space Odyssey on the original 70mm print film. Right. It was really good. Yeah, the sound was amazing. Really, really good. If you're a bit of a um, science fiction nerd, you definitely would have seen that at least once. At least. I think I have, yeah, a long time ago. Mm. We also saw Forbidden Planet the other day. Oh, I love that. I'm going to buy that. I need to. I need to get that on DVD. Oh, it's been my... a long time since I've seen it. I don't think the wife had seen it before, and she was a bit disappointed. She was like, "Well, that's ninety minutes. I'm not getting back in my life." I went, "What? What? I didn't like it? It's so cheesy." I mean, there's some areas in it where you think, 
they really left that bit in. <laughs> it's very funny though. But it's nice to see um Leslie Nielsen playing a sort of semi um straight role. Yeah, yeah. straight role. It, even though it isn't really, is it? No. But yeah, it's a pigeon and yeah. Yeah, fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I thought really it was excellent. Like like we said before, the sound effects that originally won me over about it. Mm. Well, the four quarters meet they had on the 30th, um, it looked like everyone involved had a good time, as they usually do. They usually put on a good shindig there. And we'll be talking about their uh, their upcoming events when they come up. Ah, in our notes, we've got we've got that modular pinball thing you were on about. <laughs> That's my notes, that. Very professional. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's a thing called a multimorphic pinball, pinball evolved. And... This basically is a pinball I'd be interested in having in the future when they've uh, when they've got it out and they've developed it a little bit more. Basically, it's a modular pinball system. So instead of having one pinball in your arcade, which will cost you what six, seven thousand pounds for a brand new pinball, very yeah. expensive these things. I mean, even a second-hand reasonable pinball is going to cost you at least a grand, at least, yeah. right? And that's basically two or three arcade cabs for me. So you know, in my eyes, the arcade cabs are always going to win. And the biggest problem with pinball is when you've got a pinball machine, you've got one machine. That's it. Get bored of it, you're knackered. You've got to sell it or, you know, swap it with someone or whatever. It takes a lot of uh, grief to do that and messing about. But these ones, they actually, at the front of them, uh, where the play area is, is a massive LCD screen. But it's under yeah. sort of a, Lex, a Lexar or, or a Plexigas kind of um, play field. So the ball doesn't wear the thing out, obviously, because it would kill it in seconds. Otherwise, you know, you've got like a, an inch diameter ball flying around the place it's not going to help on an lcd screen um and what they do is the whole play area moves and changes as the gameplay changes and the rules move around and you do things and the top half of the screen where all the toys are and the bumpers and flippers and all this sort of stuff yeah. you can swap that out because what they, their idea is is they give you the software which obviously changes the, the play field and the, and the rules and then you've got this bit at the back you can change the toys around you just take the whole lot out and put a new one in it takes like less than half an hour to swap a game completely over and they're on about doing different artwork for the side. You can put stickers on or whatever, and the back glass changes with the LCD and all this sort of stuff. Very, very clever. And I learned about this from the Broken Token podcast, which uh, their last one, they, they did a big thing at a pinball meet in um, in the US. It's a big thing. And they w really went into it. And I, I suggest everyone listens to that to find out about Multimorphic Pinball. And they've done a, two games to start with, to start off, and that's Galaxy Girl. Uh, sorry, Lexi Lightspeed Galaxy Girl, which looks really awesome. And cosmic kart racing. So the yeah. original titles, they haven't got themes like you haven't got they haven't got a movie theme or a music theme or anything like that to it, or sports, whatever. They've got their own themes and they're really looking really looking good. And the other thing that they, they do to make it modular is at the back of the play field, before it goes to the bits at the back, there's like these upstands. There's like I think there's sixteen upstands, and they can move up and down independently and the software can control them. And they can yeah. either act as barriers or holes to trap the ball. Right, and they can move them around at will. So you know, you might have a target where it moves like half of them, and you might have to hit it to, to a certain half of the screen or whatever, or the the play field. Sorry, very very clever. I mean, some pinball now is getting really evolved. They're doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things, rather than just these physical things you can't move. They're they're shifting stuff about and using LCD and all this different software, and it's looking really really clever, really good. So I'd suggest everyone listen to the Broken Token podcast, the last one, and they'll find out all about it. I'll leave a link to the show notes as well. Yeah, that sounds a good idea. That the pinball that you can actually upgrade and change, and it's a very yeah. good idea. Yeah, for, I think less than half the price. I'm not sure on pricing yet. They're just about to release it, I think. But yeah, good idea, I think. Mm. 
Right, some of uh, the stuff uh, I've been looking at, some of the news, there's a um, uh, coming, actually started an exhibition in Edinburgh uh, at the National Museum of Scotland, um, 5th of hey. December till 20th of April. In Scotland, uh, hey. Yeah, I can't do a Scottish accent, so I won't even try. My family is Scottish, so I might have to have a reason to go up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to go. 100 playable games I've got. Is that 100? Um, yeah, 12 oh, tabs. Cool. Um mm-hmm. They did have a list of cabs. I've forgotten them. I think most of the classics. Mm-hmm. And um, But the focus is on the game designers. So they have bits on like Miyamoto and all that kind of stuff. So um, that should be good. Yep, the game masters. And yeah. I noticed there's um, a Cinematronics ripoff cab there. And it, yeah. that is a really rare cabinet. It's a vector game. That's rares with the you know an at sign in the rare and zzz on the end. Rare, <laughs> yeah. yeah, very very rare game. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I've never seen a rip off before. Right. I think that was one of the games that was ported to the Vectrex. It's quite a fun little game. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I have played that somewhere. Yeah. You may want to. Um, right. Uh, also, uh, the Electric Circus Festive Retro Arcade in Birmingham, which is starting on the December the eleventh. Uh huh. Um, I think the link is to somewhere called Custard Factory, which Ooh. I think which I think is some kind of like shopping mall or something, is it? Do you know what? I know the Custard Factory well. Ah, right. Because uh, before we got married, we had all our um, our engagement photographs done by a company from the Custard Factory. Victor and his wife, not Victor and Sean. They aren't married. Right. It's a really cool place. It's like an old, I think it was the old Birds Custard Factory. But what it is now, it's sort of like a, a huge building uh, with loads of offices and um, not so much shops, but I mean offices and businesses in there based in. And that's where this guy was based who did our photographs. Yeah, oh, I know that well. Good. Oh, that's really cool. I've just seen that now. Brilliant. They've got, um, well, they said they're going to be having Pimbles, Adam's Family, Theatre of Magic, Lord of the Rings, Family mm. Guy, <laughs> Whirlwind. I've not heard of Whirlwind before. Funhouse and Wizard. And the cabs they'll be having, uh, Defender, a multi-jammer cab, Crazy Taxi, one of the Chase HQ ones, CSI, uh, yep. Killer Instinct 2, and Star Wars Pod Racer. So I suppose if you're shopping in that area, and uh, yeah. you, you, can have a, you can have a good game. If you want to race your pods. Yeah. It's not a bad arcade game, that. Have you ever played it? I don't think I have. I see it quite a lot, actually. I've seen it quite yeah. a few times. I'll have to have a go of it one day. It's got, it's got quite, quite a floaty feel to the ships, but it is good. I was going to say I'd pop a 10p in there, but it probably isn't that cheap, is it? No, it's a pound, mm. I think. What? That's one insane. pound. I can't afford a pound. <laughs> uh, Play Blackpool 2015 has just been announced. That's running three days this year. That's probably one Next I year. will meet you at. Because I yes. can't do the one in October because it's right over my wedding anniversary. Right, right. So, yeah, I think we will do the May one. Yeah. Shall Tickets we, shall we rendezvous sale. there? I think we shall, yeah. Second, third and fourth of May. Tickets on sale now, kids. Yeah. Get your kids. Get your kids now. No, get your tickets now. <laughs> get your yeah. <laughs> get your kids to get your tickets now. I don't know. Make a and good it, uh, Christmas present. Mm. Yeah. And here's some exciting news for Robotron fans. A new ROM set is to be released. Somebody's hacked the bejesus out of it. Yep. Uh, it it'll have the 10 million digit unmasked, which... Oh, I need know, that. I definitely uh, When I play Robotron, <laughs> I definitely need the 10 million. Yeah, yeah, because I'm that good at it. I was going to say that. I don't even get to 100,000, I don't. I can just um, get there. Just... It says you can now play the Goldilocks level, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. The Goldilocks level, I think, is the level like in Defender where every when you get to a certain point, it goes a bit skitty, and every time you hit anything, you get an extra life. 
Ah. I think that's what it is. Hopefully everyone will ring in and say, no, you idiot, it's not what it is. Thank yeah, you. it's done some things basically for ultra players, basically. Yeah. I think it's fixed a lot of the, the bugs, wasn't it? That when you get to certain really, really high scores, it goes a bit crazy, and they fixed it. And it also says in our show notes that um, there's more bonus life settings from 10k up to 75k. So I think that's one of those ones that only gives you them at certain certain intervals. Yeah. And uh, the gold luck zone that comes up just before the score rolls at 100 million. Oh, my Lord. How long have you got to play that game to get 100 million on it? I don't know. Oh, goodness gracious. They're putting an online, uh, sorry, an on-screen lives counter in as well. Yeah, you don't need much space to put my lives in when I'm playing Robotron. I know that for a fact. No. Oh, Robbie Lakeman scores a new world record on Donkey Kong. Yeah, beating his September record. So he's, he's just beat it by a few thousand, I think. I'll do. 1,144,800 points. Wow, that's pretty that's, good, isn't it? It is good, and it's a big bag of awesome, is that? I think that guy is probably one of those guys that gets fed up of hearing, there's a kill screen coming. <laughs> yeah. um, new news, new arcade news. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking at the highest earners in October, right, in America. Someone put this on a site somewhere. And the highest earner in an arcade in the US arcades is called Fishbowl Frenzy. Yeah. And basically, it's like an old bagatelle game, like an upright bagatelle. You, you, the ball goes into the play field, which is actually a, tra- a transparent LCD. Yeah. And there's fish bowls. There's bowls with fish in underneath the pins. I wonder what a fish bowl was, you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, you, you keep fishing them. Yeah. Yeah. And the ball bounces off these pins and then in, off these virtual pins, I think. I'm not sure. Like an upright in, pinball, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Into the... Uh, into the fish bowls and then it's, it uh, spews out tickets. Oh, it's a tickety game. That's probably why. It, yeah. Kids love the tickety games, don't they? Do you know what they're calling them? These these video ticket games. Uh, video ticket games? No, videmption. Not redemption, videmption. Oh, that's a rubbish word, isn't it? That's I hope that doesn't get word. into the urban dictionary. That's I'll try and use that in a conversation at work. <laughs> try and sound impressive. Videmption. I don't talk to anyone at work, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Right, I'm also I'm also looking at the alarming trend of mobile games making it into the arcades. There's yeah. more and more of the horrible things popping up. Doodle Jump, I've seen that actually in an arcade. Never heard of it. Uh, fruit Ninja, you I've know, where you slice, slice the fruit. That yeah. is an actual arcade game. Unbelievable. I don't understand. Right, I know on your phone when you're you're sat on the bus with your phone and you're a bit bored and you've listened to all your music and you think, right, I'll have a game in Fruit Ninja, and you just whip your finger across it, slicey, slicey, slicey. 500 points. Yeah, brilliant. No problem. Oh, I'm getting off here. Off you go. But would you put money in an arcade machine to do that? No, I wouldn't. But they're these oh. redemption things again. They, they, you know, they're for kids and they give out these tickets, so they love them. So you can go and win a can of smart price beans at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go and get them beans. Margate are they in? Yeah, they are, I think so, yeah. I'm going to get some beans from Margate. Me. Um, yeah, Candy Crush Saga. They're, they're doing... Um, I can see how that would work as a as a arcade game. You just press the screen, wouldn't you, to, to yeah. match up the jewels or whatever they are. Um, they are. There's two things with Candy Crush Saga. One is a positive thing, where I think Candy Crush Saga is very similar to a couple of old arcade games and also video games. I think one of them I've actually got is called Zoo Z O O O. Really cool little game. If it works on me, you should play it. It's like a sort of you you match the two animals and then they disappear and you get you get different things like that. All right. And the second one is a negative one. If anyone asks me on Facebook if I want to play bloody Candy Crush Saga again, 
I'm not going to unfriend you. I'm going to come around and smack you in the chops. <laughs> so please don't do it. That's a bit extreme, isn't it? Well, you, don't ask me to play Candy Flipping Crush Flipping Saga then. You can um, turn off your notifications, you know, in Facebook. I'll get my PA to do that. Wife! <laughs> Sneaky wife. Sneaky wife. Uh, there's another one called Flying Tickets, which looks to me like a two-player Flappy Bird. Even the graphics look like Flappy Bird. I think yeah. you've just got one button, which is flap. Flap, flap, so it, flap. It's like a crap joust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joust without any um, any skill. Yeah. And or dinosaurs. Plants versus zombies, which which I think started as a, a 360 game, but then went on to mobiles, I think. I know that one from the DS, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, that's another Videmption game. But that one actually looks all right. It looks um, kind of like a light gun shooter. It looks kind of fun, actually, that one. But never mind all that. Street yes. Fighter V will be out before long. Yes, I've heard. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't... I know they made Street Fighter Four, and then they did... I think it was the Ultimate Street Fighter Four. Ultra. Ultra. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do Ultra Super Street Fighter Four, then Ultra Street Fighter Four, the second coming, and all this sort yeah. of stuff. But they've actually gone right onto Five now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. They did Street Fighter Four versus Tekken as well, didn't they? Just did to they? squeeze oh. the last bit of life out of the Street Fighter thing. Yeah. yeah. So they're going on to five. Apparently, there's been a video up, but they took it down quite quickly. I think they they made a bit of a faux pas and uh, released it a bit early. But I'd like to have seen that. I'm, I'm just have to scour the net. Someone must have saved it somewhere and put it back up again. I have actually got a link. I don't know if it still works. Actually, I have to try it later. That yeah. might actually work. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I've picked up the latest issue of Retro Gamer, which has got a decent amount of arcade stuff in this oh, week. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, this month, even. So there's a quick mention of the Retro Games Party Arcade at Play Expo, so they get a mention. Cool. Um, they, there's talks about Puzzle Bubble, the whole history of Puzzle Bubble, right from the original arcade right through to like all the uh, mobile stuff and that. Now you've said that, I do like a bit of Puzzle Bubble. I'm going to have to read that. Yeah, it is good. Very mm-hmm. good game. Yeah, do like a bit of puzzle. Simple game everywhere. Common as muck Neo Geo game, but it's a good one. It's a reason um, for it. What else? Oh yeah, Archie McLean. Um, it's you know him of the Drop Zone and International Karate Plus fame. Oh yes, his coin up memories. Um, as an um, a bit on Mad Planets, which I haven't read yet, but it looks very good. Mad Planets um, a great game, but it's hard game to find. Yeah, very and then, hard to find. And then Planet, Planet's Mad. They're furious, Victor. They're crazy. They're, they're furious. Yes. Uh, and Nutting Associates has a, a little, uh, well, quite a, an in-depth interview with, the, with them. They reckon they're sort of, um, they should be up there with like Nolan Bushnell for, for sort of being innovators in the early 70s. But yeah, I've only yeah, just scanned that. I'll have to read that again. Yeah, excellent. Right, I've got some a few links now. Okay. Um there's one, um, I've heard No Quarter already covered this, but we're, I'm going to cover it as, as well because it's good. Because you can. Uh, Space Invaders incites moral panic in 1981. On May the 20th, 1981, George Folks, an MP, introduced a bill titled Control of Space Invaders and Other Electronic Games. Can I just say that in the, in the right sort of voice there, please, as an MP? Control of Space Invaders and Other Electronic Games. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they would have said it in 1981. That's very, very good. Yeah. Um, and he said, this is what he said at the time, that is what is happening to our young people. They play truant, they miss meals and give up other normal activity to play Space Invaders. They become crazed with eyes glazed, <laughs> oblivious to everything around them. That's nothing's changed, really, is it? as they play the machines. It is difficult to appreciate unless one has seen it for oneself. 
uh, and the bill was thrown out, thank God. <laughs> the bill was thrown out. As a little yeah. thought of uh, uh, addendum to that, the bill was thrown out. The man was obviously yeah. an idiot. Yes, he was taken out the back and shot. Yes, we don't like fun. Fool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another link, there's a long-running thread on uh, UK VAC, which is called My Town Fair Arcades. Yes, which, very uh, good one as well. Uh, ben Purity has taken some of uh, this cameraman called Frank Cook, uh, who filmed um, his local arcades in Stamford from 1983 to 95. Wow. And Ben's just taken the arcade cabinet bits out and, and compressed it all down into like uh, bite-sized chunks. Oh, nice. After I look, I've looked at a few of those before. Yeah. Uh, they're really, really good. Um, I suggest everyone goes on the UK VAC forum and have a quick look. We'll, we'll put these links in the show notes as well so everyone can have a look. Yeah. yeah, they're really good. I mean, it really reminds me of how it used to be back then. Really does. And it's, it's amazing. You just don't get that anymore. Even in the really cool arcades we've got nowadays and the ones in America, the UK ones, and I presume it's exactly the same in Europe as well, they had a certain... I don't know what the word is, a certain atmosphere to them. Yeah. And they were dingy and horrible, but they were brilliant. <laughs> it's like, you didn't go in and think, ooh, I don't like this. You're going, to go, oh, games, games, mama needs some 10 bees. That's what <laughs> it was like. Yeah, there's loads of bootlegs and that on them. I think, I think oh, he's God, just yeah. put another one up. That's what's brought my attention to it. I think he did one last week. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Temple and John Studley have uh, done a free play Florida video walkthrough. Um, oh, it's nice. It's very interesting to watch, just for all the rare cabs and stuff as well. Mm. Those looks- lucky lucky devils have been on holiday. They um they often go over to do you know, the the world records and stuff in uh, Fun Spot. They've been to Fun Spot as well. Pictures of them with uh, with Billy Mitchell and all these kind of cool people yeah. over there. They've been to some different arcades. They had a whale of a time. It looks to me it looks really good. Yeah, um, another link. Warren Davis, the guy who created Cuba. Oh, um, favorite does- of yours. Yeah, there's a really good interview with him on the Eurogamer website. So you can put a link to that. Certainly will. And the last one, Arcade Otaku, put something on their Twitter feed, um, 40 pictures from the 80s arcades, and these are brilliant. They're Ooh. really good. Uh, I, 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 um, I use Arcade Otaku quite a bit, and I'm not on their Twitter feed. I have to get on there. Yeah. They, dragging me are... heels, mate. I'm dragging me heels there. Really good, like Michael Jackson lookalikes from the early 80s in there, on, on the, you know, trying to be cool on the games and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Crazy Kong and that. Yeah. And that's it for um, Arcade News, I think. Right, let's get on to Arcade Pickups. Right, my first one, and I've had this uh, a few weeks now, I forgot to mention it last time, is my laptop bag. Might sound a bit boring, laptop bag, but this is a special laptop bag made by the wife, and she's very, very talented uh, seamstress, haberdasher, whatever you want to call it, khaki-fingered lady. (laughs) <laughs> and um, she made this really cool laptop bag for me because my old bag I used to use for my laptop, which is my new Mac, uh, MacBook Air I've got in front of me now, it's a little bit bigger than my old computer because I had a little tiny, silly little netbook thing. So I need a new bag. I'll make you a new bag. And it's I'll put pictures up of it. It's just a plain-looking black bag, really well made, little clasp on the front. But when you open it up on the inside, it's a padded sort of thing. On the inside, it's got Dig Dug material. With Dig Duck pictures, you've got Figars, you've got Dig Dug himself, you've got Pukas on there, and the strap is made of the same materials. It's got Figars and Pukas hanging around it. It's absolutely brilliant. I'll put mm. it on the show notes. I mean, people can't see it, unfortunately, but go to the show notes, have a look at it. It's really, really cool. I'm really, really pleased with it. It is good. It looks very good. And it's a one-off. I like one-offs. Yeah. 
Um, I've also had, um, there's a bit of a story to this. On Jamma Plus, Alex noticed on there that someone was giving away for free uh, a control panel. And the control panel is off a, a Nintendo cocktail machine, which uh, Alex and I have got quite a few of. I've got one mint one behind me with Space Fever in it. And he's got uh, Space Fever, he's got Space Launcher, and I think he used to have um, Space Fiber. He's just sold that. And um, I've got a load of spare ones in the garage. I've had one painted up, you know, powder coat painted. It's perfect, um, but I've not managed to put anything in it yet. And this is a control panel from an original Mario Brothers. And Mario Brothers is a very, very rare cocktail game. You know, it's quite easy to find a, an upright wide body of it yeah. and a converted, uh, converted Donkey Kong cab. But the actual cocktails are very, very hard to find. And this came up on Jamma Plus forum. And um, someone got it before I got to it. And I, they, they, I sort of um, inquired. I think Alex inquired about it. And I sent him a PM saying, oh, what are you going to do with this? Because, you, you know, it's quite a rare thing. And I've got a cab I'm, I was going to use to put this game in. And just, that's the only bit I haven't got for it. Because I've got, um, I can get a PCB quite easily. I can even use um, the 19 in one horizontal um, PCBs because it's on there. And it's a really good version on there. And yeah. um, I've got the cab. I've got the glass. I've got, you know, the, all the bits to go inside. I've got a monitor. I've got everything, basically, apart from this control panel. Because... The control panel is quite a small thing that sticks out from the machine and it's got two players on it because you play two players together at the same way. Rather than a cocktail where you play across the road from each other, you play together. It's a co-op game. Yeah. And I said to um, the guy who, who actually sort of said, yes, please, I'll have it. It's called Jib. I'm not sure of his real name. And I sort of um, said to him, oh, what are you going to do with that? Um, you know, because I've got this cab, I wouldn't mind having it. So if you want to sell it maybe in the future, you know, I'd be happy to, to pay you for it or whatever. Um, and he sent a very, very decent reply sent back saying, Oh, you can have it. You know, I was going to make a, a controller for a super gun out of it. Um, so you can have it if you want it. Just pay the postage to a guy called CHRD, uh, who's called Christoph on Jammer Plus, who's in, Oh, he's somewhere in Europe. I can't remember where it was now, but I paid the, uh, the postage for it and he kindly sent it to me. So a massive thanks to Christoph and the guy called Jib who actually let me have it. And I've got it now and it's quite a good condition. The main parts of it. Uh, the important parts, which is the um, the actual control panel face, are in really good condition. I mean, the outside needs a bit of a painting, but that's not a problem. And it's got the original buttons on, which would have been really, really hard to find. The the original controllers, the the, the left right joysticks, aren't on there, but that's not a problem. I can source some of those, no problem at all. So I've got myself another um, Christmas project now to do that control uh, to do that arcade cab. Excellent. It's going to be awesome because I do like <laughs> a bit of Mario Brothers. Really good co-op game. So <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you very much to both of you for that. Uh, I also had, um, uh, not quite arcade, but you know, I was having troubles with, uh, Nintendo N64, the Everdrive. I've actually got it working yep. and everything. But, um, Aaron, who's known as Nukem on the Jammer forums, he kindly sent me a Jap NTSC N64 motherboard. And even though I don't actually need it anymore, because I've got, uh, I've worked out a, a PAL NTS, uh, a PAL, uh, Everdrive, um, I'm going to have a go at RGB modding it. So, because yeah. that's one of the ones you can RGB mod to get a much better picture on. And the UK PAL ones you can't do that on. So uh, tell me how many, how many thousands of pickups you've had lately. Well, I haven't got any pickups, but I'm going to move swiftly on and distract you very cleverly yes. uh, by talking about other people's pickups. How so you're going like to steal apples? other people's pickups? That's yeah, fair yeah. enough. Two of the obvious ones. Um, Alpha One Ollie is is bought a Darius Burst, another Chronicle EX machine which is huge that is quite a pickup isn't it you couldn't pick yeah. up if you tried on your own unless you had a is, forklift 
Yeah, that's an amazing thing. And if he wants to have a look on um, Schmup's forum, there's some high scores on there for him, which is uh, which are unreal. The amount of points I've got, but um, yeah. So if I, I bet he'll play that a bit, won't he, and try and get some decent scores on it. Have you ever played Darius Burst on on a proper four player machine? No, I haven't. They had one in Casino Arcade in in Gooch Street in London, um, which is sadly no longer there. They had it there. Um, it's oh my lord! It's I think it's two forty inch screens. Yeah. Side by side, yeah, it's, wow. it's about eight foot long. Um, and you sit on a bench and then you can play four players together. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, you can see what's coming from a mile away because Darius is one of those games that usually had three screens, I think, in the arcade. The first Darius had three screens. I so it's, a, it's almost that, like yeah. a widescreen game, but at the time before widescreen came along. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. It's a good game. And, and the, the, the music is all sort of in your seat. So there's a, there's a big bass booster in the seat. Yeah. So you're getting all this, all this noise and, oh, it's a really nice machine. I know, I know Alpha Ol was after one and I was like, God, aren't they a bit big? <laughs> I think he's, I think he's got a, a games room plan to put it in. So yeah. Yeah. Some French guy called, uh, Zed Peekabunk or Zbeekabunk. Zbeekabunk. We'll him. He's picked up 36 candy cabs, 36 in one hit. That's just greedy. I know. I've only got and, four and an initial D7 twin that's amazing isn't that's that? a big one yeah that's quite a new machine isn't it it must be i didn't know they were up to seven already i thought i knew up to d. five on initial d but i didn't know seven wow yeah, yeah. So is he going to keep all the candies or is he going to distribute them to the old uh the, the forum members and stuff like that and sell them on i think you may keep them i think god he's got a big games room for that wow i know i know that's good isn't it so that's your stealing of the uh the pickups well done yeah, I think I think this might be a new feature: stealing pickups. <laughs> I think you need to get your hand in that wallet of yours, get the moths out of the way, and start yeah. buying some arcade stuff, young man. I mentioned to you earlier on Facebook you should sell your television and put an arcade cab in the way. Have you told the wife about that yet? You mentioned it. Yeah, she weren't happy, especially because the uh, we're recording this before the final of I'm a Celebrity's on. Oh, really? So, so um, she wants to watch that tonight, and I've been roped into watching it. So. Oh. You poor thing. So I can't replace a TV, I'm afraid. I shall ignore it widely. Yes. Anyway, feedback. Right, we have a lot of feedback. Thank you very much, guys and girls, for all this lot. I shall uh, try and whiz through it all. Yep. Uh, I've got Simon Clark, he of the Clarkade fame. We like the Clarkade. Awesome podcast. Yeah, awesome pod uh, podcast, guys. Keep on going. We shall. And some guy called Chucky Egg. Chunky Egg? Don't know him. Never heard of, not him. heard of him. He says, great podcast, guys. The best yet. Really? It still amazes me how much of an influence Space Invaders was on us kids back then. I tried to explain it to my son, and he finds it difficult to understand that there were no games before this came out. Yeah. This was like the rock and roll for our generation. That is that is a good point, isn't it? Yep, he's put that well put. Well yeah. Put. It changed our lives totally, it really did. Unfortunately, arcades could not keep up with the console market and the kids grew out of the arcades and played more games at home. Mm. But fortunately, this game will go down as the first one and one of the best to ever have been made. And he, he goes on to say that it, he's got Space Fever and Sheriff that have been influenced, obviously, by Space Invaders. Yep. yep. Um, I didn't know this, but there's a condor that flies across the top of the screen in Sheriff. There is. I actually went around to Alex to see him uh, last week. And, um, I played his sheriff. That was one of, yeah. I had to go and deliver something to him, but, um, it was basically a, an excuse for me to go and play a sheriff. <laughs> so I wanted to play it. And it, even though the controls on it are very, very clear, the original controls, I mean, the whole thing is original. It's an amazing machine, really nice looking thing. And it works perfectly now. 
but the controls on it are really clunky. I mean, the left stick where you move your little guy around is yeah. really sort of sticky. It's like a, a synchromesh gearbox. You know, you've got to really get it in the holes right to get the diagonals, and it's quite difficult oh, to move. Gosh. And I said to him, "You've got to get rid of this, mate. Just put it in the coin box. Keep it as original, obviously, but retrofit it with a decent joystick." And yeah. you use what we call a cooker knob. It's sort of an eight-way switchable button, and you you press the button in. Yeah. To to press the you know to make the guy fire. It's a lot of fun, Sheriff. I mean, I used to play it as a kid, and it's a lot of fun. Really nice little game. Mm. So many little cool touches to it. Very very simple. Very simple graphics. Eight colours, I think, at max. Uh, and it's just great game. Really nice. I also played this Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy. Oh, where, the, where the you, red thing. You you stick your face on this sort of like almost like um uh microscope if you we used to use we use them at work sometimes it's like shoving your face on a big microscope and yeah. you've got a controller you just hold onto like a nes controller or whatever and i played a, a game on there which i'm going to talk about later on and it's brilliant it's really cool effects even though it's just red and black really really nice little thing he said oh i only bought it because it's nintendo and it's you know something to talk about I said, no this game's brilliant what are you on about it's really nice yeah. So hopefully you can get a few more games out, and I shall whiz around and play them as well. I've never, I, you know, I've never even seen one in the in the flesh. If you go to one of the shows and there's one on display, have a go. They're really yeah. cool, really nice little things. Yeah, I can see why they didn't pick, uh, take up uh, take off actually, because it's a bit cumbersome. You can't sort of strap it, you put it in your pocket, and take it on the bus. Well, you could. You look an idiot. Yeah. It is actually portable. You can put batteries in it. I don't think right. it lasts very long, but you can. But I mean, it's like it's like having a tripod stuck to your face. It's like yeah, kind of nineteen nineties Oculus Rift kind of thing. Yeah, but not as good. <laughs> uh, Benson Rad is giving us some more feedback. Thank you. He says um, we, we're doing reader listener number four. <laughs> we is um, we're doing the podcast to the exact correct length of his, his train journeys and stuff. <laughs> we, we do try. Yeah, we do try, Ben. And then he put so underdog Vic won by a Nat's whisker. So that Hey, uh, that was a good honest hundred and fifty point win that was. <laughs> How dare you? He's put I think next week might be close again with the challenge. We will have yes. to see. We will have to oh, see. He's oh. still on about Quarth or Blockhole. That's a good game, yeah. I I'll tell you what, let's make a promise to him. The next yeah. listener pick after this one will be Quarth stroke Blockhole. Yeah. I had, I've I, heard the game, but I don't think I've ever played it. So that'll be a good one for us. I had a version on the Amiga, and um, I thought it was original to the Amiga. I never knew this arcade game existed. There was but... a lot of those back in the day, weren't there? You sort of played yeah. it, and you, I used to play this on the Spectrum or the 64 or whatever, and you go, oh, no, it was an arcade back in 82 or something. Yeah. Cool. So that'll be our next next listener pick after this one, okay? Yeah. Cool. Agreed. Um, and he's put, great podcast. It's amazing the detail you can go into about some stuff. I yeah. find it very interesting, but I'm sure if I said to my wife, I'm just listening to two blokes <laughs> talk about Space Invaders for two hours, she would think I was a weird, crazy fool. Keep up the good work. Maybe you are. <laughs> Maybe we're crazy for talking about it for two hours. Oh, no. Right. Uh, Alpha One Darius Burst. Yes, uh, of said, Darius Burst fame. Yes, top stuff. Uh, Phil V85, great podcast, guys. Satan Claus is the last boss in Death Smiles 2. We're on about Death Smiles, yes, right? Yes, I said it would be good if it should be Satan Claus rather than... Sa uh, it was uh, Tyranno Satan. Tyranno Satan, wasn't it? And yeah. now this one's... So it's actually... They listened to me retrospectively <laughs> and made that boss. Oh, well yeah. done. I'll try and tap them up for some money for that. Fuzzy, he says, I'm with Sean. Galaxians is greater than Space Invaders. No, I wouldn't say greater. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I know what you mean. It sort of came from the same thing. Both classics. 
Simon Den, Simon Den from the Four Quarters. Yes. He says, another great podcast, Grobda, that we're on about, is a spin-off from Xevious, which I didn't know. Oh. It, it was the enemy tank, and it is similar and all the same hardware as Xevious. He says they did have a, an original of both, but they went to live with Hooray Banana. Eric. Oh, right. nice one. Uh, Darth Nuno, he said, uh, cool, right in time. I'm traveling tomorrow and listening to the show will accelerate. Listening to the show will accelerate the travel. Oh, good. Um, he's put a picture up of um, a Space Invaders clone called Odyssey 2000. Yep. Um, and it looks like they've gone to a bit of work to try and change it. Um, they've changed the actual um, artwork on the cab. Yeah, I, I saw this. It's a nice looking yeah. cab, wasn't it? It wasn't bad, actually, yeah. We'll have to put a picture up of that in the show notes, I think. It's, it's a nice bootleg. And he also posted another picture of uh, a Nichib- Nichibutsu game called Moonbase. Yeah. But it had Darth Vader on the side art and on the front. So, but I, I don't know if that's photoshopped or it is a weird. I think there was. Or... I've seen a cab, and I told um, Bruno Darth Nuno of the Dragon's Lair friend, uh, fans forum about it because he said it's a really rare bootleg he was trying to look for, and I said I've seen this cab like that before. And I know that Martin, the delivery man, who who does our deliveries in the UK, who picks up arcade machines and and, and takes them to people. He um, got a cab from the, um, there was a, an arcade boat off of Wales. Uh, yeah. It was a big, yeah, it was a big boat that was sort of docked off of Wales. It was static there. Uh, it's called the Duke of Lancaster, just remember the name. And right. um, it's almost like a sort of um, uh, a time warp, basically. There was these cabs from the early 80s. There was nothing later than about 82, 83. And he just got locked in there when the, when the business folded. And they were just left there until about two years ago. Wow. And some of the guys from the UK VAT Forum, I think um, Bruno was in on his way, he came all the way from uh, Belgium. Um, they went in there and they bought all the cabs and they took them all off. There was a big massive thread on it on the UK VAT Forums and Dragon's Lair Fans Forum and all this lot. And um, Martin, the delivery man, obviously helping with the deliveries, bought some cabs himself. And he bought a cab. It looks like a sort of wooden-sided thing, but it had Darth Vader on the marquee on the yeah. top but it had nothing to do with space invaders it's not a licensed game it's obviously a complete rip-off you know old george lucas would be on the phone to his lawyers straight away <laughs> and i sort of sent him a, i sent him saying i've seen that before and he's he quite interested in it so yeah the bootleggers didn't care what they used they would have used pictures from star trek star wars star anything else that might made the game look interesting but i quite like that in a funny kind of way they'd never get away with it nowadays <laughs> um we've got uh Hitesh. Hitesh, from, a friend of mine, yeah. Hitesh. Yeah, Otaku. Uh, Space Invaders was my first ever arcade experience as a student in the North London Poly Bar. Yeah, when he was a young nipper. Uh, Pete from Otaku as well says, um, very good podcast. Thank you. Thanks for the mention. Tronads has put, I've been trying to, <laughs> this is good. I've been trying to figure out what's been missing since Sean has taken the reins and I've come to the conclusion that it's some annoying person that each week comes along and beats both of your scores. Yes. So um, I used to do that, didn't I? I used to beat yours and Alex's scores just sometimes. Yes. And he says, maybe I should put myself <laughs> forward for that role, but he's a good gamer and he's I very he good. Is. We need to find games he's not good at. Yeah. Subterfuge. Yeah, um, Favoured Son, Gary Favoured Son was one of those kind of people who, who was just amazing at nearly every game he picks up and it just, just trounces everyone. Yeah. With like one life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some of these lucky people are just like sort of naturally talented, aren't yeah, they? Just, it's weird like that, yeah. I just have to practice my bald little head off to get good at anything. And I just shout and scream it until I get in a strop <laughs> and then just walk away. 
<laughs> Ian Ski, loved the podcast. Seems like Sean is getting into his stride. I felt there was a lot more energy and good banter. That's good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Alex about Space Invaders. It was a great choice and probably the most influential game of them all. Yeah, I concur. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed hearing about the bootlegs and bootlegs of bootlegs. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I was also talking to a few people at Davos Meet the other day and they were commenting on, on your uh, podcasting abilities. Oh, good. Or they bad. like it. They're, oh, they're in favour. They do like it. Yep. So oh, it's all, all positive, which is nice. Oh, excellent. I'd actually like to hear some negative feedback. I don't think we've ever had any. No, I've just deleted it all. Oh, well done. We've got loads of negative You feedback. are doing well. So yeah. that, that guy's crap. Yeah, Get rid rubbish. of him. Rubbish. <laughs> He's rubbish, that lad. Uh, poorly, Arcade Otaku. As I've just said, I thoroughly enjoyed your latest podcast, but then I always do. Um, but I've been away this week, and as luck would have it, I've had my PSP with me and a bunch of games of them. Uh, a bunch of games, one of them being Tato Legends. Uh, so yep. he's playing Space Invaders on that, and he's playing Road Rash, which we mentioned on his PSP as well. Mm-hmm. Keep up the cracking work, chaps. That's mm-hmm. nice, isn't it? Paula usually listens in his uh, his rabbit slippers and his pajamas in bed. Yeah, so that's nice with his rabbit slippers. How do you know that? He told me. Oh, right. I'm uh, just t- I'm just guessing. <laughs> Tactical genius, UK back. Really enjoyed that, lads. This has quickly become my favourite podcast. Okay. I only listened to the first one a month ago, and I've listened to every previous one in the ensuing time. I thought that Sean sounded understandably nervous in his first one. I think I was a bit, but he's quickly grown into it. You can really tell he does some research before the show. That's he, does, good, he doesn't bother. I do it all. <laughs> Honest girl. I love the arcade history stuff. Top class. Keep it up. Nice. Thank you very much for that. Oh, here's one. Cinnamon, synonym nine. Uh, on UK VAC and also the DLF forums. Uh, he also liked the last two podcasts, which is his first two he's listened to. Uh, keep it going. Uh, I have to mention Synonym 9. Uh, he was the guy who, in Austria, he's an Austrian guy, uh, who picked up a load of cabs from a warehouse raid. Yeah. And the warehouse raid is quite a big one. He's detailed it and photographed loads and loads and loads of it. Um, there's like 27 pages of it on the, the Dragon's Lair fans forum. And we couldn't really go into it that much on it because we didn't have enough time. But I am going to have an interview with him. I yeah. talked to him a little while ago on a private message, and he's okay to the interview. Um, his English is very, very good. Uh, and as all most Europeans are, they're lucky things. Mm. Um, and we will be talking in the future. So maybe we couldn't do it for this podcast quite because I think he's got a problem with his, uh, his Skype uh, connection or something. But hopefully... In two weeks' time, we'll have that on there. I'm I'm itching to to talk to him about this. I've sent him a load of questions I'm quite interested in, and he's okay with those. So hopefully, yeah. the next two weeks, we shall be talking in that time, and we'll have an interview with him. Excellent. That will be good. Um, SM Radis, UK back. Uh, once again, a, no, a good epi- episode. He couldn't start stop laughing at the death smiles bit when we were on about Tyranno Santa. Wow. <laughs> and he says... Um, he says, nice to hear you trying to guess my age. I'm 28, not mid-30s. Really? Yeah. Is the only reason on these old games? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he'd be a bit older because the knowledge he has of yeah. the old, especially the old shooters. Oh, we're going to have to nobble him. Yeah, I've, been, I've had a few chats with him. And um, yeah, he just, just comes across as very knowledgeable on anything shooterish. Has he got 16 fingers? No, but he's, he, anything, any vertical, horizontal shooting up, he's awesome at. Mm. Really good. I've seen him on Do- Dodan Patchy. I've gone off him already. <laughs> WTG Boab. Yeah, Bob. Uh, I know Bob. 
Yeah, great podcast. Listen to it while running to work in the mornings. Whew, I couldn't run to work. Oh, my Lord. He lives in Scotland. Yeah. And he's running in the morning in Scotland. Freezing cold, he said. He's Keep hard. It up. He's hard as nails, him. <laughs> Guy must be. Um, Monkey Chunk UK. Yes, he's a new um, user. I think he's got his own podcast. Oh. And when I find out some more details about it, I shall post links to it. My first episode and the one that led me to this great place is on about Jammer Plus. Okay. I'm currently going back through the episodes and enjoying them loads. He's put some um, pictures Ooh. on of, of scratch builds he's done of mini cabs. Yes, he's done. It's the kind of thing I like doing. I've got to make my, I've got to make my son, my eldest son, um, a, a mini machine for Christmas. But I said to him, I'll make you one. But it'll have to be after Christmas. He's never going to get it before Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's done some really nice ones. I've been looking at those. They're very, very good. As a Minecraft one, have you seen that for his, for his, I presume it's his children. I don't uh, know what Minecraft is. I'm an old duffer. And it's got like, uh, it's got like grass on the top of the cabin that, you know, like it's really clever. That is quite a nice idea. actually. Yeah. Sticking fur and stuff. It sounds quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's do a few shout outs, shall we? Okay, um, I'm going to give some shout-outs to all these uh, clever people that are restoring stuff and modding stuff. Um, I couldn't even mod a sandwich, mate, to be honest. Actually, I could mod a sandwich. I could put add onion to cheese and onion. That's modding, isn't it? No, that's that's recreating something that's already there. Oh, okay. You're going to put well. crisps in it. That would mod it quite well. Crisps, yeah. Oh, yes, crunchy. What crisps would you have in a cheese and onion sandwich? Um, cheese and onion. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. What are we talking about? Bit of salad about? cream. Yeah. What's your favourite sandwich podcast? Um, <laughs> we could <right>. try that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Restoration, guys. No X-Wing on UK VAC. He's, he's doing a Star Wars scratch build upright, right from scratch. How good's that? Oh, is he going to put a proper vector in it, or is he doing it with modern sort of gear? Um, no idea. That is the crux of those machines. Um, one of the guys who's on UK VAC, and he's all, nearly always at the shows, replay and uh, revival and this sort of stuff, he's built um, a tiny little um, Star Wars upright machine, and it's about, I don't know, three or four feet tall? I think I've seen it. I've played it. Yeah. It's yeah. It's got the proper yoke on it, and it's really, really top-class build. Really nice. He did a Donkey yeah. Kong as well, which is really cool. Ah. Yeah, I do like these. This is the kind of thing I like to do when I've got time, is to build stuff up from scratch. I made Alex that um, bar top that time. Um, yeah, so top top notch, these guys. Yeah, Fuzzy is, is doing his Astro Blaster up. Oh, is he? Yeah, so good luck to him. Um, yeah. Super Ully on uh, DLF is doing his radar scope up. I know Super Ully very well. Do you? He's the guy I'm buying flipping Death Race from. Oh, wow. Don't talk to me about Death Race. <laughs> don't talk yep. to me about it you haven't got it yet then obviously no but it might be here soon uh, more expense to get the flipping thing over from Germany but we'll oh, talk God. about that when I get it hopefully for Christmas uh, Ben76 is doing a, is, is, uh, doing a small Dino King th uh, thing for his daughter nice. it's a Dino, Dino King style of cabinet I don't know exactly know what it is yeah I've seen it it's the same yeah. it's, they're all Dino Kings they're very similar cabs but he's had it yeah. um, sprayed up per, uh, professionally looks really nice do mm. you like those Dino Kings I do, yeah. I've got memories of my son. My son, when he was younger, got very addicted to playing them. I must have spent, I must have spent, I don't know, fifty quid on the cards. You know that you scan yeah. in, that you put into the machine. Yeah, there was different games to them. There was there was the Dino King, which was dinosaurs. There's Mushy King, which is um, beetles. 
and creepy crawlies. Yeah. And there's a girls' one as well, Love and Berry, where you 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 do um I think it's called Dress Up and Dance. You do very very stereotypical pink girly things with it. Mm. Yeah, a similar kind of thing. And uh, one last shout out, James RGP, who's got uh, he's just bought a Zachariah Tron that I saw last Saturday. Oh, nice. Um, that needs a bit of work doing, yeah, but I think um, it will do that up very nicely. He always does. Um, the Zachariah Tron is the one that Davo's got that I was playing uh, on yesterday. Yeah. And the thing with the Zachariah one that Dave was saying is the artwork is actually bonded to the side of the cab. It's not a sticker or paint. It's actually bonded on there. It's like, I don't know how they do it, really, but it's uh, actually printed onto the wood. Really nice-looking thing. Wow. I mean, the, the whole thing about Tron, I never liked Tron. Oh no! Please stop! Stop shouting at the, the podcast. I didn't like it. It's rubbish. <laughs> but I like the the theme of Tron with the blue lights and you know the sort of the black lights and everything about. And I like the idea of Tron, but I just didn't get into the film. I'm not seeing the new one. Maybe I'll give it a go. But I didn't like the old film. Uh, have you seen uh, Tron Dog on Facebook? Tron Dog. He's got his Tron own Facebook. Dog. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> a dog will like neon coat thing on yeah very if good. i had a dog i'd have to make a neon coat for it definitely a tron dog never lose it yeah. in the night would you <laughs> no. um i'm going to give a shout out to charlie far david who's who's he's on for he's going to um i think he'll do it a galaxian world record wow um last where are we sunday last night he got four hundred forty-eight thousand really? on uh galaxian at the arcade oh, club. I love Galaxian. My, my best's about 20,000. Yeah. Rubbish. I have to, what, next time I'm up there, I have to watch him play. I think we have to get him up there and I have to watch him play. Yeah. He's that got 647,000 at, at home. Really? So I think he's going for the world record and I think he'll do it. What's the world record? 1.2 million? Something like that? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to have a look. He yeah, used to be it's, Gary Whelan a while back, but I think he got beaten. Oh, the English guy, yeah. Yeah, I met him at Fun Spot in 2008. Nice bloke, but he sort of, yeah. um, he hasn't really done anything for a while. I think he must have given up. Not seen him on the forums or heard of him for a long, long time. I remember Shame. reading an interview with him. And, one of um, our men, one of our guys. And it said he practices for two hours a day, every day. Oh, my on God. Galaxian. That's dedication. That must be it leading is. up to his record. Yeah, must have done. Um, a shout out to the No Quarter guys. Their podcast 111. They're talking about a game called Barrier Vector Game. Yep. Uh, but there's a brilliant bit in it about um, that the story. There was like a, a legal battle going on yeah, between very cinem interesting. I like that. Cinematronics and Vector Beam and all the toings and froings and Larry Rosenthal with his Vector. I think he was the godfather of Vectors, weren't he? Larry Rosenthal. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's really worth a listen. That. Yep. I really enjoyed that. Always enjoy the No Quarter stuff. Yeah, and I've got uh, one more shout-out uh, to Haffy Chan, which is a, a video game pop culture artist who we met last night at the Batcave, and she sells um, A3 and A4 and A2 prints. Okay. Um, I've got one of Walter White, because I look like him. Yeah, you do. Just, just show the people at home. <laughs> just show the <laughs> listeners. Can you see that? Yeah, I can see it. It's White. on the show notes, you fool. Oh, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> And she's done like Walter White, obviously Journey. I loved that game, Journey. Did you ever play that on PS3? It's... Oh, PS3. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the the old nineteen eighty, uh, not the rock band, dodgy no. rock band game, Journey. No, have you seen that on Main? Yes, I've played it. It's not bad actually. It adds <laughs> that game is quite weird, Journey, because it had a tape recorder in the machine that played their hits. <laughs> yeah, God. Honestly, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like digital. It was. It, flipping tape recorder in there playing the, oh, playing the no. music 
Yeah, and she's done like Bioshock. That was an interesting design. F Zero. Uh, yeah, so so Ooh. check her out. Af- Haffy Chan. Haffy Chan. Yeah, Japanese a... by any chance? Uh, no, but it's it's a lot of manga influence in, cool. in the work. Yeah, I like that sort of thing. And there's a picture of me holding up World to Hawaii. We'll put it on the thing. Yes, so thank people you. can see you with your Lunar Rescue T-shirt, which I quite like. Yeah, that's my design. That I like it. Right, let's go on to console stroke computer games. It should have been in the arcade. Do you want to do your one first, or shall I do mine? Go on, you do yours first. Right. Um, this is a game I played at Alex's, strange enough. Vertical Force on the Virtual Boy. Yeah, try and <laughs> shove that in an arcade machine if you can. <laughs> I think, right, let me just talk to you about my meaning of this game. This game is a vertical shooter, so you'd love it straight away. But the thing that sets it apart and makes it 3D is it's called virtual Vertical Force for a reason. You're going up the screen vertically, but there's when you press one of the buttons on the control pad, you drop down a level in 3D, so you're uh, lower down, and you right. can shoot stuff lower down. Obviously, the, the spaceships are smaller in, in a 3D environment. If you, th- if you imagine, tune into my mind and imagine what I'm thinking about. Got it. <laughs> Got it? Yeah. And you go lower, so you're underneath, and you're shooting stuff underneath. And then when you press the button again, you come up to the top, so you can shoot the enemies at the top, because they, they come lower level and higher level. And it works really well. I think in an arcade machine, what you'd have to do is have like an upright battle zone. If you've ever seen an upright battle zone, you look through like um, a periscope type of thing. You put your eyeballs, your head on, on the thing and look through the periscope. And that's what you'd have to do to give you the 3D effect. And hopefully it wouldn't give you a migraine. <laughs> yeah. But this game was a lot of fun. You'd love it. I mean, they'd probably have to do it with, with better 3D, uh, a modern game, and obviously in colour rather than just red and black like the Virtual Boy. But that would make a great game. Just with a 3D idea, you've got a special button for 3D and you've got different weapons and stuff as well. And I can imagine just people just peering into these letterboxes playing this game. It'd be brilliant. That does sound good. It was a good, good game uh, to play. Yeah, different take on the vertical shooter, yeah? Yeah. Right, mine, I'm going to pick Archon, which is a famous uh, game. Uh, I think it was released on everything. The Commodore 64 one is the one I like the best. Yeah. Um, I have played it on. I've played it on something else. It might have been a, an early PC version, I think. Okay, it rings um, a bell, Archon. Go on, let's see if it's the one I'm thinking it's, of. It's chess. It yes. looks like a chessboard, a 9 by yes. 9 chess uh, instead of 8 by 8 yeah. And when the pieces uh, land on a square, they battle in another arena. It, it goes to another arena. Okay. So you could do lots of things with this in the arcade. You'd have to have it, I think you'd have to have it uh, like a timed game because you've got potentially 18 battles, haven't you, with 18 characters. You've got 18 characters. Yeah. So that could last ages. So... Um, you know, I've not really thought this through, have I? But it would be good. Carry on, no one will notice. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, moving on here. It'd be good if you got like these two char- uh, characters together. They're battling it out. You could have it as a beat em up screen. You could have it as a platformer kind of thing, like a bubble bubble type, type of face off. Yeah, different mini games. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. I think it would work, you know, because obviously if you lost a life, uh, you'd lose a life. And, you, you know, you have three lives to get through 18 levels. That seems quite feasible to me. Ah, yeah, I didn't think of that. You know, if you lose a life, obviously you, you can only carry on until, you know, you, you, you lose all your three lives or whatever. And then obviously put, pump more 10Ps in to get your extra lives up. It's a very clever game, Archon. There's like the the, the equivalent of the king and queen in chess. It is like a um, a wizard and a um, a witch, I think. And they've got yeah. magic powers and they can summon beasts and teleport. And... Do you know what? I remember this game back in the 8-bit days uh, on the Commodore 64 and Atari 8-bits. I've never played it. 
I always remember the, the, the really clever um, art. It was black and white together, wasn't it? Like a mirrored effect yeah. on, on the artwork. And it looked amazing. But I don't think I ever played it. I'll have to dig the old Commodore 64 out, actually, and have a go at that. It sounds quite fun. Yeah, I, like, I like chess anyway, but that sounds even better. It's almost like Battle Chess, which came a bit later on. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a very clever game and um, something I've always loved. It's one of the few games I've really got into a two-player with uh, this lad, Damien. I used to live near him, so we used to play this all the time. Cool. Yeah, two-players and... are really good because that would probably work on um, a cocktail cab as well, especially the, 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 the first screen with like a chessboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. You're having a lot more better ideas than me on this. They just come to me sometimes. Oh, I'm going to have to play that after now. I'm going to have to play that. It sounds good. Um, Benson Rad, he's got a good game. I've checked this out. This is a game called Mean Streak. He thinks Mm it would be a good um, arcade game. It looks like um, same sort of isometric viewpoint that um, Zaxxon's got. And you're a motorbike driving up the screen. Um, You've got to shoot things, dodge things, jump over pits. And um, very arcadey. That sounds like Return of the Jedi to me. It is. Ah, yeah, it is kind of like that. Yeah. But he said it's on Commodore 64, and I'm I'm just wondering how it controls, because you've got left, right, speed up, slow down. I think. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure about that. Yeah. But you've also got a bullet for um, bombs, bullets, and jump. So you've got three other functions, and the Commodore 64 joysticks only had one button. Yeah, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't I find know. I've a problem that... with some of the old games, especially like Defender. You had to whack the space bar to use um, Smart Bomb and stuff, and I don't know where Hyperspace even was on it. Yeah, so Almost. I don't know how that works. But it would be a good arcade game. Yeah, you, you, you could use a sort of um, a trigger stick, couldn't you, with different buttons on the top and the side and stuff? Yeah. Like a flight stick sort of thing? Yeah. Mm. I can imagine the artwork would be good on that. You, you sort of think of these games, like you said, Archon a minute ago. I can imagine the black and white artwork on the sides, you know, everything in black and white, like a chessboard. You do some really nice, you know, um, things with that. But on this one, you, you're talking like, like motorbikes and mean streets. You have these horrible bikers with chains and sort of weapons and stuff, rather like road rash, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah be pretty good, good. A cockpit version, even, mm-hmm. or a motorbike you sit on. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, move it left and right like that, the old hang-ons, and that'd be pretty good. That I like yeah. the sound of that. Um, Jake seventy-four, who I met two. last night. Wow. Go on. Yeah. He has said, he has said, um, Parasol Stars off the PC Engine, yes. which is one of the Bubble Bubble uh, sequels, one of their convoluted history that they yes. have. There's like Bubble Bubble 2.5 and, you know, all that lot. Bubble Memories and all them ones. Mm-hmm. But it's a very good game. I've had a look at it. It's a bit like Bubble Bubble with umbrellas. You know, yeah. you, shoot, you um, shoot umbrellas and stuff all over the place. Brollies. But- yeah, but he said, uh, well, no, I've got this off the website somewhere. Parasol Stars was misreported as being the third coin-up in the Bubble Bubble series. Certainly wasn't. And there are rumours about prototypes for an arcade version. Taito, Taito has officially stated that an arcade game was never released. Mm-hmm. But he did make it into the arcade as a, as a kind of a, a PC Engine board in a cab, um, sort of a bootleg kind of thing. Uh-huh. And Jake says he's actually seen this. I haven't seen him. Do you know what? I've seen it in somebody's cab. Mm. Ah. Muddy Music Ollie has got it in his um, in his Egret 2. Mm. Egret 3, sorry. And it's a nice little piece. It, I think it was a semi-official piece of hardware. And it certainly looks official. It looks really well made. And he's got his little PC engine in there. It's all sort of bolted together and jammed up. And it looks like it should be there it looks like it's an arcade game it should have always been in the arcade i think yeah i'm I'm very very surprised they didn't release it very very popular game especially on the 8-bit and 16-bit computers back then yeah 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a must, that one. Yeah, so that's it for console computer games in the arcades. And I need a cup of coffee because I've drank my one out of my dig dug mug. Uh, let's <laughs> put some music on, shall we? And the music this week is... Hang On by Hiroshi Miyuchi. Um, the guy, uh, Hiroshi Miyuchi, I think he's called Mr. Hero in Japan. Mm-hmm. He actually did the music for Outrun, Space Harrier, Afterburner, uh, Fantasy Zone. And he's got a new double CD out, just come out. And the, uh, there's a CD of the normal music off of all these, you know, like Hang On and all the other um, games. Yeah. But the second CD is, is done arranged versions of the tracks. So that might be um, worth checking out. That. Cool. I'll put it on the uh, the show notes. Mm. I do like a soundtrack. Um, um an arcade soundtrack some of them are brilliant yeah and, and those those um games you mentioned it's not surprising they all sound quite a similar you'd imagine they'd be a similar composer and they obviously are yeah nice. yeah but sort of the sound of sega from the 80s isn't it really it was brilliant some of those games i didn't really get into that much but the, the music in the arcade amazing you just hear it in the background and it was like someone was playing a radio or a tape or something it's brilliant okay let's go on to game of the week then shall we Yes, game of the week this week is the beautiful, the fantastic, the the thing of beauty, Star Force. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I used to love Star Force, but you've ruined it for me. You've, you've, that game is dead to me now. I can't even look it in the eye anymore. Don't love it anymore. Well, there's a bit that Darth uh, Darth Nuno wrote on the forums, and this is a great introduction to it. He's put my all-time favourite shooter in a jammer board. Mm-hmm. It's so like Xevious. Everything is just right in this game: the scrolling, the music, the metal graphic look, the super fire bonus. What is the super fire bonus? I do not know what that is. I think it's just the the, um, the level up, isn't it? When you get the, the rapid fire, I think he means. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. And he said, maybe the end of uh, the end of stage boss uh, could be something better than a platform with a big letter on it. Yeah, they are a, a bit, bit of a letdown, that, isn't it? Yeah, and it really needs a dedicated cabinet. Yep. Yeah, so that's a good introduction to the game, don't yeah. you think? Yes, well done. That is good. Um, Star Force, the game we're doing, sounds a little bit like this. Star Force is from Tekan, which I think you pronounced wrongly, and someone moaned at me about that. Tekan. 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 Is that all right? Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Or potato. 
<laughs> That's what I'm calling them from now on. Yeah, September 1984 it came out. It's also known as Megaforce in the USA, which I didn't know until yeah. I started doing this. Licensed to a company called VideoWare Incorporated. It's an eight-way single-button joystick game. Uh, vertically, vertically scrolling shmup. Yes. Simple as, really. Quite a simple game, but quite a good one. Mm. And the backstory is explained on the flyer. Here we go. Final Starfight fights the last battle with God Death. God Death. <laughs> That sounds like some sort of black metal band. Yeah. A gigantic continent floating in the space. The space. Floating in the space. Yeah. The 2,000 years of long flight is coming to a period. Eh? <laughs> well, that's, glad we sorted that out. That's the English. Yeah. Yes. I love them translations. They're really funny, aren't they? Some, some of, them. of the English is brilliant. It's a yeah. classic. I saw something on the internet and it was um, a, a label in some ch children's clothing. And it, on the label it says... Uh, Caution, remove child before washing. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite ones, I think it was on the internet from years ago, and someone had taken pictures of certain things in Japan and China and Taiwan or wherever, Korea. And um, there was one where there was a big, big sort of salad area and it was called uh, Flesh Salad, <laughs> rather than Fresh Salad, which I thought oh, was brilliant. No. Okay, let's talk about um, Star Force. And, um, quite a simple game, really. Vertical shooter, um, reminiscent of Xevious, uh, as Bruno says or 1942, or some of the early um, classic, simple games. Yes. But fiendishly difficult sometimes. Um, and this game's got a sort of a, a Greek sort of mythology thing to it, hasn't it? With the, yep. the Greek alphabet and stuff. Yeah. Um, the different levels, there's 24 levels, actually. And they're sort of alpha, beta, zeta, and epsilon, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think when you get to level 25, which I hope you got to, no. It goes on to infinity level, and that's what it is from then on, after level 25. Ah. But yeah, the, the graphics are a certain sort of 80s style. 1984 it was released. Um, and there's there's different power. There's one, two power-ups in there. There's one power-up. When you shoot this sort of um, like a satellite thingy, a yellow satellite thing as it flies by, you shoot that, and it turns a red, white, and blue ship just like yours. And when you touch this, you get a sort of an add-on to your ship, and you can auto-fire. Because that is the the worst thing about this game is there's no auto fire on it. You've got to pump mm. that button like a crazy man, and it doesn't have to wear you out, doesn't it? Yeah, there is a there is a if you hold the finger your finger on the button there is a fire, but it's not fast enough until you get that power up. Yes, it's a bit slow, yeah. isn't it? And you you can't yeah. really do much with it. And the other the other um uh weapon up you can get for there is uh it kills everything on screen. So when you, you hit it, it just kills everything on screen. But it's yeah. it's not really worthwhile, is it? It's like the one in Sonson, maybe. If there's even one in 1942, does exactly the same thing. It's not really worth bothering about. Uh, and in this game, um, you've got to shoot basically everything. There's nothing you don't shoot. You shoot everything in it. And yep. there's there's a lot of yellow in this game. Everything that, that shoots at you is exactly the same. It's like a little yellow fireball, isn't it? Yep. yep. And uh, all the all the weapons are yellow, and everything you've got to shoot on on the the, the game board is yellow because the the levels go different color and they're different sort of. Um, Different sort of areas, aren't they? They're sort of like um, space station type thing. They're different colours, but everything you got hit is normally yellow. I think all, are all the um, the bad guys yellow as well. I think they are. Yeah, the gold, gold, yellow colour. A lot they? of yellow yeah. in this game. Yeah. Not very mellow yellow either. <laughs> Aggressive and, yellow. And there's little um, round capsules with a, a lowercase b and an uppercase b, and you shoot these for bonus. And at the end of the level, if you shot all the little bees or all the big bees, you get ten thousand points for each one. Uh, 
on, on the bonus. And if you miss one, I think you get 5,000. Miss two, you get 3,000. Miss three, you get 2,000. And after missing three, you don't get any bonus at all. So it's always yeah. wise to try and get all the Bs to get the big bonuses. Um, that's it, really. Um, the bad guys come, they start off not shooting at you for the first sort of three uh, loops of bad guys. They come at you in waves. And after that, they start shooting at you. And they shoot you a lot. Mm. And they're varying speeds and various... They've got loads of different sort of um, uh, patterns, haven't they? Yes. Which yeah. you can sort of remember if you're good at this sort of thing. I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's quite a fast shoot. And it's got some quite jolly music, I thought, as well. Especially when you get the, the speed up, um, the speed up fire. Your, your music goes almost like quite vaudeville kind of music, isn't it? And it sounds yeah. just like this. So what was your favourite things about this game then? Oh, I love everything about it. The um the I think the speed of it is is right, the difficulty level, it starts off very easy and it gradually increases in difficulty. There's no big like difficulty bump, if you will. It I, I just think it's it's a brilliant game. The the I like the handling of the ship, I like the graphics. Um I just like everything about it. The the music, how it changes, like like you said, um I think when one of the bad guys comes, there's uh, another bit of music. Yeah, the oh. mid-level boss. There's a mid-level boss, isn't there, that sort of um, yeah. appears uh, and he sort of builds his ship up while you're you're trying to stay out of the way and shoot him. Yeah, there's different music when that comes as well. And there's a reason for that music. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the first bonuses. And because it's a Tekan game, who made um, Rygar and uh, Bomb Jack, also got yeah. secrets in. A lot of their games have got secrets in. Another one we haven't covered yet is Solomon's Key with a lot of secrets in. Um, yeah. They just they recently did that on Retro Obscura. They they played the NES version, I think, which is a very similar game. Yeah, it's got secrets in it. And the first one is when the mid-level boss comes, you hear this music and nothing appears on the screen for a while. You, know, you don't get any baddies. And this thing starts off as a sort of round thing in the middle and these bits are joined to it to make a big a big spaceship. And yep. the secret is what you do is you, you, dry, you, you fly your ship right up in front of it because it doesn't move. And when it flashes white in the centre, you've got to shoot it very, very quickly and you get a 50,000-point bonus. Did you manage to do this? No. I, I, um, you've got to shoot so fast. I, yep. I couldn't do it. I didn't do it once. But I did when I turned auto-fire on the fastest rate on my joystick yep. just to see if I could do it. I didn't do that in like the competitive play we're doing, but I just... Really? Yeah, I didn't. Really? Not. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Are you sure? The high score I actually got was at Arcade Club, so there's no auto-fire on their cab. So. Yeah. Um, there's a thing about this. I watched a YouTube video to try and get some hints on this as I do. I think I sent you that link as well. As a guy on there getting like millions of points on it, it's just ridiculous. And he's firing ultra-rapid from the very get-go, which yeah. isn't in the game. And I think I've actually seen it when I went to Japan in some of the arcades. There. They've actually, the games have got auto-fire circuits inbuilt into the game. You can actually buy a circuit board, which you put in between your jammer harness and your buttons that actually gives you a rate of fire. It actually does a circuit where it actually makes the thing go really fast. It's sort of like a pulse. And I think that's right. what a lot of Japanese games use. Because when the, the cave games started getting big, they automatically had, you just held your finger on it, and the auto-fire occurred. But with some of the cave games, it's not just an easy out. There's a reason for auto-fire. Sometimes your ship goes slower with auto-fire, so you can control it easier. And when you let go, yeah. you, you move faster. So you've got to sort of plan when, when you use the auto-fire. So it wasn't just an yeah. easy way out. But I think the Japanese players must prefer the auto-fire rather than beating the heck out of the buttons like we like to do. 
Yeah. And you're right about playing at Arcade Club. When I went to your birthday thing, I was doing quite well there. And that joystick, which is an old, uh, I think it's a Suzo Hap joystick, a big black thing with a big black, um, you know, ball to the top of it, is what we call chip shop jammer joystick. That's what we had in all the chip shops as kids. Yeah. And it's sort of the standard big, beefy, hard-wearing black joystick. And I played a lot better on that. And, and the buttons were leaf switch buttons, which you can hit quicker. Yeah. And I played better there than playing on my – the cab I was playing on was my Naomi with MAME in it. And it's got the, the sort of um, – the, the, Jap- the Japanese stick. It's got a Sanwa stick with Sanwa buttons, with the soft press buttons. Yeah. And I can't hit them as quick as a, as a leaf switch because the leaf switch has got quite a good spring on it and it's obviously hitting a leaf together, which is two pieces of thin metal touching each other rather than a switch. And I believe yeah. that leaf switches, you can hit them quicker. That's why track and field machines always have leaf switch buttons in. All right. Yeah, so yeah, I got my high score in the um, at the arcade club. I just always seem to play better on the on like a proper cab. It just brings yeah. out something in you, doesn't it? It's It's a weird, unexplainable thing. When you're standing up, and there's a bunch of your mates around, you're all chatting and talking, there's arcade music going on, and, and you, know, you can hear people pressing buttons and talking. You play better. <laughs> yeah. You think you wouldn't. You think, oh, I need quiet, I need to concentrate, I need my headphones on. Not this case. And I played better at the arcade club as well, I believe, than on my sit-down machine. I just could got to a certain point in the game about, mm, give it a, a bit of a spoiler here, about 250 to 270,000. I just couldn't get past there. You know, you said right. about the difficulty ramped up. I think when it got to there, it just got too difficult for me. And I've seen on on some arcade on videos on YouTube, it does get a bit harder than that. It really does. I mean, things fly out so quickly later on in the game. Yeah, the bullets get quicker. There's um, lots of them as well. I mean, lots of these, them. On like level 9, 10, there's these like diamond things and they shoot down the screen diagonally and, it, you know, the almost not impossible to dodge but very very difficult you've just got to be shooting constantly to shoot them as they you know before they hit your ship it's like an asteroid storm isn't it they just whiz down the screen at you yeah they're not actually trying to shoot you they're just whizzing towards to hit you i've seen that on youtube sadly i didn't get that far (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the bonuses there's um yes tell us about some of the bonuses the fifty thousand bonus for um shooting the little square guy who turns up yep the mid-level boss yeah you get an 80,000 bonus on some of the levels like I think it starts sometimes it starts on level 8 you get um a vertical strip of green blocks with arrows on them yes i have and seen it, this and if on you YouTube. can shoot 16 in a row you get mm-hmm. 80,000 i just can't shoot fast enough to do it I, really? i've never done it once yeah and, yeah and on one of the levels um it, it, I think it appears on different levels. There's um, this fossil of a fish that appears on the left-hand side. It's always a purple um, continent. You're flying over a purple continent. There's a, there's a, a fossil of a fish. A, a fish. A fish. There's a, a That's a Scottish word. There's a fossil of a fish. And uh, you go over to the right-hand side of the screen and shoot, and a little uh, hidden power-up appears, a little... Yes. symbol and you shoot that 978 million times in the four seconds you've got easy and you get a million points that's why it's so difficult yeah that's called the cleopatra bonus yeah it's probably got something to do with uh, the greek mythology or whatever um i never did and that i either. think you'll find that that pishy fishy fish thing it's called a coelacanth yeah sheila who <laughs> sheila who <laughs> she's an australian lady <laughs> Yeah, so there's that. So it's a million point bonus. That yeah. when you said about the levels, it starts with different levels. I think what happens is when you're flying along and you die on a certain level, you get killed, which I got killed a lot of. Um, 
the, the level, it doesn't start exactly where you were. Like some of the enemies, are, obviously they scroll at the same time as the, the screen scrolls. And I think it gets mislaid where the enemies are. Because sometimes you do yeah. a level and then you get killed on it and there'll be loads of nothing and you'll get to the end boss. Because the end bosses are exactly the same every single level. But they've got a different letter in the middle of them. Um, and another thing we found out, I think, did I find this out or did you find out at Arcade Club? I think you found it out. When you get to the end level boss, there's a bit of a little area where you're just flying through nothing and it will turn up with the you know, end level boss music. If your score, the end hundreds, because it's always in hundreds, is an odd number, he always goes, he starts off in the center and goes to the left. Yeah. If it's an even number, he goes to the right. So you can sort of start shooting him straight away and just go to the right and keep shooting him. You kill him really quickly. But yeah. he's easy to kill anyway. It's not really, and there's two little sort of satellites by the side of him who will shoot at you, but he won't actually shoot at you. Yeah. It's, it's easy. If you get killed at the end of that, there's something wrong with you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, honestly, it's as easy as that. It's really simple, and it's the same every single level. There's nothing difficult yeah. about the end level boss. That is something I would change, actually, in this game. Maybe the only thing. That, yeah, it is a bit boring, isn't it, that bit? Yeah. You'd think they'd have sort of different... Because you get quite a few different enemies, and they all move in different patterns as well. And the ones that go behind you really bug me. Oh, I don't like things going yeah. behind me. You think, oh, they're gone now. They've scrolled off the screen. No, they come back and hit you in the bottom. Yeah, that's right uh, the backside. 1942 syndrome. They do that, don't they? Yeah. They do that a lot. Especially that big one that comes up behind you. I don't like it. Right. A couple of other undocumented things I've found, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to some guy on uh, Facebook, and he reckons the the green uh, blocks that appear on the um, earlier levels that come out from each side of the screen, like there's eight blocks that come out from the right into the left side into the screen. Yes. If you shoot all of them, mm-hmm. it's supposed to make the level shorter. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think it might do. Oh, that's an interesting uh, thing. On the few times that I've shot all eight blocks. Yeah. Um, the ones that sort of um, swirl in like a snake pattern. Uh, no, it's the actual stationary green blocks. Oh, okay. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, so... You know, I've been, I, I've been think... researching this quite a bit. I've not seen anything that says about that. No, hmm. I'm, I'm not 100% sure that it works, but it seemed to me that it did when I was shooting them. Go forth and try. Yes. And another one, right, this has happened to me three times. I've played this game hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, go to put your, your score in the high score table, say you get 300,000, and you put in oh, your score. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, just, go on. You know, just an easy. And then... And you, and you put in your score and it comes up 400. You think, hang on a minute. So the score's in the top left. You put in your name in the high score table and it's given you a 100,000 bonus for something. Really? Uh, first time, I didn't take any notice of it. The second time, I wrote down the exact amount of points that it gave me. Um, 102,100 points I got bonus. And I don't know what for. I cannot work out what for. And the second time I wrote it down, um, 108,300 bonus. Really? Yeah. So it's happened to me three times that I've noticed. Well, I'll tell you what I noticed with the high score table. I think this is a bug. It might be a main thing. It might be the arcade thing. I'm not sure. I've not. I've, well, I've played it in the arcade, but never noticed it. Um, when I was playing the other day, um, I didn't get a very good score, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to put my name in. And I just pressed. Um, I think I, I either stopped the game because I'm playing it through MAME. So I pressed Escape or one and two together on an arcade cab, and I went back to it later on because there was nothing in the high score table. When I put the game the when I got the scoring again, it made me put my name in from the previous score, ah. which is weird. But I've never had another 100,000 points for no reason, because I'd have noticed that, because my, my scores weren't that high. 
Um, and I would have noticed that 100,000 would be a godsend, to be honest with you. I'd be like, I need 100,000 points. <laughs> I'd like 100,000 points, please. But yeah, I never noticed that. Oh, I know yeah. what you're doing. You're using the, the ROM version WR, aren't you? I don't know. That's not the world record. That's wonky ROM. <laughs> the wonky ROM returns. Wonky ROM returns. <laughs> I've never noticed that. Um, but is there any particular version you were using? You weren't playing the Mega Force. You were playing the normal Star Force yeah, just ROM. Yeah, just looking at MAME, just the standard... Um, Staff Horse, yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Right then. Mm-hmm. Um, Score. There wasn't really a cab of it, I don't think. But I looked on some sites and I've seen someone, some cabs made up to look like it had a, its own marquee and control panel. The control panel is yeah. really nice. Yeah. The control panel is a blue thing, quite simple looking, but it's got, as I like, as I always say, it's got little instructions on the side of it, on the left hand side, and it shows you all the different levels. You've got alpha, beta, well, I don't know what it is in, in, in the the Greek alphabet, uh, Epsilon mm. and, and all this sort of stuff. And it shows Box you all the different symbols. Yeah, all that lot. And whiskey, tango and all that rubbish. <laughs> and it shows you all the different things, which I quite like. Um, and I've actually seen, I was looking through some of the flyers and, and arcade flyers, which we get a lot of our information from, um, the arcade flyers archive, Taffer. Um, they were yeah. down the other day, so I couldn't look, but I went on early, they were back up. And there was um, a flyer there for a Taito cab called Star Force. And it uh-huh. wasn't the Star Force we're thinking about. And I can't find this cabinet anywhere else. So I'm not uh-huh. sure if it was a completely different game with the same name. Maybe it was an electromechanical. I don't know. But it's, uh-huh. I'll have to look into that. I might put some uh, links on the show notes if I find anything more about it. But it looks quite an interesting looking cab. I mean, Taito made some great cabs. So maybe it is. Maybe a different game altogether. Could be. Yeah. Mm, so, so should we get to the, the boring bit? The scoring, yeah. Only because I know at, I haven't uh, done that well. <laughs> yeah. If you look at Twin Galaxies, um, yes. it can't be right. 134,000 is the world record. That can't be right. It might be it? that. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't bother. But it's, it's quite a popular game. Lots of people we know have played it and like it. Yeah. So, yeah. 849,300 on medium setting. So that is the, the def- me. default setting is easiest. Yeah, that's what I was on. I'm glad you yeah. were on that as well. Because that would have really rubbed my nose in it. <laughs> That's on medium main. That's a good score. That is a and, really uh, good score. Uh, our Mr. SM Radius uh, oh God. on oh a UK no. VAC thread uh, of a while ago, 2.3 million. Oh, what? <laughs> what and he did, did get, he get to on that? Uh, he, he definitely got one of the Cleopatra bonuses. I don't know if he got two. Wow. So but How did he get it without the auto fire? Just really know. mad fingers. Yeah, I don't oh know. Oh, Lord. That's crazy stuff. Right, so my score, which you have seen because it's on the Arcade Club Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, you were boasting it around, rubbing yeah. it in my face. Yeah. Go on. Uh, 607,000. Let me just put a trumpety fanfare in there. <laughs> uh, mine, I actually beat my high score, which I'm happy yeah. about. And I beat the one I got at uh, Arcade Club that night. I got 319,000 and something. I can't remember because it's in the garage at the moment. In your face, Victor. Right in the middle of your face, Victor Marlin. In your face. (laughs) I'm going to edit all that out. Okay. Um, We should stop doing that, actually. Everyone says it's boring. Just me. Yeah, it is. Just me, actually. No, you properly in my face, actually. You did well on that. You're very good at the vertical shooters. I am, so don't pick any more for a bit. No, they're banned. They're dead to me. Not listen to me. No. No, 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 no. So, so next week is Dodon Patchy. Yeah, no, flipping is. Oh, okay. So Star Force had uh, came out on quite a few um, machines as well as the arcade, 
the best version I've played, the only version I've played actually, is on the Famicom or the NES. I've got it on my uh, my EverDrive. You played that yep. one? I haven't. No, I'm just looking at it on um, on YouTube now. It looks like uh, the Super Star Force. It looks like quite a decent version. Really. Ah, Super Star Force was their follow-up that only the NES got, mm-hmm. which is a really cool. We'll get onto that in a minute, actually. But it also came out on the MSX. Not surprising, Japanese game. Yeah. The Sega SG-1000, which eventually became the Master System. And the Sharp X68000, which was a really cool games computer that Japan only got. Um, I'd love to get... Oh, well, I don't know. You can emulate it quite easily now. But, I mean, that was... Uh, they got some really, really close arcade versions on that machine. Really nice versions. Right. Mm, apparently, it's on mobile phones and on the virtual consoles as well. So you can play sort of, uh, on modern uh, machines as well. It's quite cool. Mm. Yes, there was um, an arcade follow-up called uh, Final Star Force, which we yes. played, which is um, it's quite a decent game, isn't it? Yeah, um, 1992, so it came out about eight years later. That's a way later, isn't it? Yeah, I like, I've, I've played it for about half an hour, but yeah. um, I like the, the power-ups are good. There's this blue blue bullets that are really effective. Oh, cool. And some of the attack patterns look similar. Um, yeah, the waves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'm glad yeah, they kept so- in because that's one good thing about the game, actually. It does make it hard, though. <laughs> Those waves are horrible, some of them. You just, where are they going? Where? Yeah, do you know the secret to that? Uh, get out of the way, uh, don't get shot. Yeah, yeah. But try and stay in the middle. Try and stay in the middle of the screen because it forces you to the edge of each screen. Uh, to each, you know, each edge yeah. of the screen. Try and stay in the middle as much as you can. And, and you get a, like you a big wave of bullets land on you. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that a lot of times. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, but the, the NES only got a version called Super Star Force. Jikireki no Himitsu. That's a rub- that's a rubbish version of Japanese, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they they got this, and I'm just looking at the um, the artwork on the, on the little uh, Famicom box now. I love Famicom artwork; it's so much better than the NES versions we got. Very similar looking game, a vertical shooter again, um, but you can play different characters in it as well. Ralph and Norm, apparently. Norm. 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 <laughs> Cheers. Norman. From Cheers. Yeah. Remember Cheers? Yes, I do. <laughs> but also, this sort of takes on uh, little elements. It does time periods, which kind of reminds me of um, Time Pilot, which is a top game. Oh, brilliant, yeah. You've got, um, you've got the end of the fetal movement and Genesis and the dawn and <laughs> Ice Age and present day and future. And, yeah, you can go through different things. But it looks really cool. I'm going to have to just get this. I never knew about this on, on the Famicom, so I'm going to go and get that and pop it on my me, uh, on me, on me EverDrive and have a go at that. looks really smart. Yeah, it looks decent version. Uh, yeah. Quite quick, quite fast gameplay. Yeah, yeah, I do like. I do like a sequel now and again. So then, Sean, let's do a final sum up of Star Force. Um, my opinions is uh, well, it's a shooter, isn't it? It's all right. <laughs> no, it's a it's a good shooter. Uh, simple but effective graphics, especially for eighty four. A lot of yellow though. If you like yellow, you'll love this game. <laughs> Finishly difficult later on, but a pure shooter. Like 1942, and that's why you like it, obviously. Yes. Simple shooter, one button, that's all you need, and lots of dodging. Mm. I think it could do with, like, a smart bomb button. You know, something like a super bomb button. When things get a bit mad, rather than that little power-up you can get in the game, which doesn't come up that often, which kills everything on the screen, uh, you could have maybe one in your pocket and just press it when things are getting bad. I mean, because it's almost a bullet hell, isn't it? There's so much bullets on the screen later on. It's yeah, nearly, it's nearly getting to a bullet hell. 
and they're very fast as well. Like oh. ride, like riding later on, they're that quick. The bullets yeah. and accurate. Yeah, they really are later on, aren't they? Yeah, fiendishly accurate. Yeah, I think you're right there, mate. That and as we said earlier, different endings of bosses. Mm. Even if they do the same thing, just look different. Not just a different letter in the middle of them. Yeah. It's, it's really poor, and they just thought, oh, "I can't bother doing the boss. We got twenty five of these, so we can't be bothered." Yeah, it could have been done with a different boss, and then maybe when you get to level twenty five, maybe the boss stays the same. Then you know, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it could have been a little bit more effort there, but we don't know about constraints, you know, on the hardware and all that sort of stuff. Don't know. Mm, I would say that it would be my top ten games of all time. I really would. Hold it. Hold the door. Stop <laughs> press. Are you putting it in your fantasy arcade? It's already in. Oh, okay. Fair yeah, enough. it's already. I put it in a couple of uh, when I started playing it about a month ago, I think. Didn't oh, okay, I? something like that. Oh, fair enough. That's all right then. Yeah, I it's mean, there. I think if it had, if it had a dedicated cab, I might put it in mine. But because it didn't come in a dedicated, it's just not going to make it. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll put it in a jammer cab now and again. We should make some artwork for it. I think. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay, then. So we'll do next week's game in a minute because we've got a few ideas for that. Yeah. But in the meantime, let's do the art of side art. And we've picked Food Fight. Mm. Have you ever played on a real Food Fight machine? I haven't, no. I was playing it today. Uh, I'm I'm not sure on the game. Ah, there's a reason why you're not sure on the game. Because it's funny stick controls. It's got an analog stick on there, and you need that analog stick to play this game properly. This game is brilliant. Uh, My friend Sean Meldon, who ran the arcade barn with Bruce and Aaron down in in Exmouth years ago, not around anymore, unfortunately. Fortunately, Sean is, and Aaron and Bruce, but um, not the arcade barn. They (laughs) had a food fight, and Sean had this uh, up until quite recently, one of his last games he got rid of, actually, and it is a beautiful machine. I'm looking at it right now on the iPad. Uh, it's a full upright, very similar sort of shape to uh, a centipede or a full-size dig dug. Yeah. Really nice looking cap. It's got art everywhere. I mean, there's art everywhere in this game. Um, the Food Fight marquee is quite simple. It's a lit up arcade uh, sign with Atari in the middle, Atari game. Food Fight in sort of like yellow sausage type uh, fonts, which I really like, and your little man at the side of it. And yeah. then on the control panel, quite a nice blue and yellow uh, control panel with a... a a stick in the middle, buttons either side, just one button game. And it was an analog stick. And it's a weird, uh, not I'm not sure if it's a Hall effect stick or an analog stick, but I've actually made parts of this stick before, made little gimbals, little slidey gimbals for people before out of, um, oh, yeah. out of plastic because they're very hard to find these. But they're, they're a massive unit inside, a really big mechanical thing. And there's even art on the bezel, on the gl- bezel glass as well. It's like circles with characters in and pies everywhere and stuff. And then on the front of the machine, where the, the coin box and the coin door is. There's, there's bits of fruit, the bits of melon, and there's a guy with a, a chef's hat on, and uh, the bad guy's throwing stuff at you. It's really, really colourful, really colourful game. And the side of the machine, you know when we say full side art? Yes. This is, there's nearly every inch of the side of it is covered in colourful artwork. And the actual cab is shaped, at the very top is your man with his little red and white stripy T-shirt on. He's lobbing a pie at someone. And where he's sort of got his hand up in the air with a pie... The cab is shaped around the pie, very like Burger Time, which is another one we'll have to cover because that's got really nice side art. So it reminds me of Burger yeah. Time. And he's hiding behind a massive ice cream, a huge ice cream 
Now that is a Victor-sized ice cream if ever I saw one. <laughs> and there's loads of fruit everywhere, and there's the other guys you're lobbing stuff at, and it's typical early Atari artwork. I think they must have used the same kind of people on the artwork because it's very, very similar style, and I absolutely adore this artwork. And it is it's all lovely. the way down to about two inches to the bottom of the cab, right to the very top of the cab. And this is, this is what an arcade game should look like. If I saw this in the arcade, I'd be straight over there thinking, I've got to play this game. It is absolutely yeah. awesome. And the game, as you said, you're a little guy. It's a bit like Splat by Williams. Um, you just got to throw pies at people and then get to the ice cream and eat the ice cream. That's the level done. Sing, single screen, a very, very simple game. But when you start lobbing the pies around with your, your analog joystick, when, when you move the analog joystick, the guy moves his eyes around and you can see where he's pointing. And it's a very simple game, but it's really rewarding. It's a lot of fun game to play. A lot of fun. Mm. It's um very colourful, which is why I like it. And anything like with splashes of colour all over it just stands out for me. Yeah, I'll put a picture on the show notes because everyone's got to see this game if you're not seen the original. In MAME, bit of a flat game. On the real cab, amazing. Right, yeah. Well, I've got somebody to do listen. I'm not sure who bought the machine off of Sean, actually. I have to find out and see if it's going to be at any of the shows. Because it's yeah. the kind of game that you only play at the arcade, you know, to play it properly. That'd be a nice one to play, I think. Could you do it? Could you recreate it on MAME somehow? You can. If you've got an analog joystick, you could probably do it, I think. Mm. I've, got, I've got some analog joysticks. And you can get... Um, there's a thing that Ultimark make, who do a lot of arcade controls to, to link to PCs, you know, the interfaces. And they do one called an OptiPack. I've actually got one. And you can control spinners for, like, Arkanoid and analog joysticks for this sort of game and, and things like yeah. that, and, and Star Wars and stuff like that. So you probably could do it if you wanted to make a... If you're that mad about making a cab up, because that's the only way you're going to get one, because they're quite rare, especially mm. in this country. Okay, this is one of your your things now. Uh, arcade releases from this month in history in December. Yeah, so we're in December now, so we're looking at um, it, bygone times. Yes. Uh, can I do my um, sound effect again? Go on. You like your sound effect. You're better at this, but I'm just going to have a, just going to have a do. We're going way back, way back, way back. What, in the bath? <laughs> it's, oh, it was a bit bubbly, that one, it wasn't was it? a bit. Oh, well. Go on then. Oh well, not to worry. Um, uh, last week, last time, I said that uh, I made a, a, an error. I said that uh, Akimoto did speed race, and of course he didn't. It was Nishikado. You'll did... be shot in the morning. Yes, who did speed race? So sorry about that. Um, right, so December nineteen ninety four, um, mm. Tekken number one, the first Tekken from Namco. Wow. The King of Iron Fist tournament began here. So twenty years ago. Really? Uh, 30 years, years ago. Years. Wow. I know, it's mad, isn't it? Uh, 1984, um, December, 1942 came out, but I'm always mentioning that, so I will not mention no, 1942. Not. No, that old thing. I won't mention 1942, the best shooter ever by a mile. Um, Star okay. Force is a close second, actually, I, I do feel. Sure. It's so good. Uh, Kung Fu Master, IRM. Yes, Kung Fu Master out. is a fine game. Yeah, hard as nails, that, and it's so difficult. I, Never mind Tekken in your Street Fighters. That's a proper Kung Fu game. <laughs> right, 1974. We're going back 40 years. I can't find any releases in December 74. Oh. Um, I did find some news that uh, Atari and Key uh, admitted they were one company and sort of got back together again. Yeah. Had, a bit of a, had a bit of a hug and got back together. That old chestnut. A complete lie, basically. 
Yeah, so what I did, I went back to 1964, 50 years ago, to see if there was any electromechanical games. Wow, 50 years. I oh. know, and there was one called um, Rifle Champ from Midway. Okay. A very early sort of rifle mounted on the on the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look, at, I've seen a video of it, and it's just rotating discs, two, two separate rotating discs, and you've just got to shoot them. Very basic game. But they're a lot of fun. I played some yeah. games a little while ago, and they are a lot of fun. I wish there was more about still, actually. And that's going right back to 1964. God. How old were you then? I was at 18. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up um, by doing next show's game and who picked it. This is going to be a listener one. And the one we've... we've uh, ended up on i can't remember who chose it um it might have been just one that i uh sort of dug out of maine but i think someone um someone put it forward and if they they tell us who it was we'll, we'll mention it next week but that game is pulsar yes not Pulsar on the neo joe pulsar could we do Pulsar instead no okay so shoot you're not allowed any more shooters they're dead to me okay yeah this is a 1981 game from sega yes and it's a good one as well Mm. Yeah, I used to play this before I was even five foot tall. Wow. It's that long ago. <laughs> yes, so get on your uh, your your tank maze battling head and play Pulsar. Is there any skeletons in it? No, but lots of keys. You could do with some skeletons in a game, can't you? Mm, tanks and skeletons don't go well together. Everyone knows. It's like pirates and ninjas. They don't go together. No. Nope. No. Oh, well. Okay, so we're going to play Pulsar. Hopefully everyone else will, will uh, play it along with us and get some scores in. Uh, SM Radius is banned because he's going to get too many scores, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And if you get more than me, you'll be banned as well. So <laughs> let's go on with that then. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks' time. Yes, thank you for listening. And thanks for all the great feedback. Yes, thank you very much. Cheers. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at tenpencearcade and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.